now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is the Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hey everybody, welcome to the Drop Set episode 180. I am Darren Starr. I am here. We are going to cut right to the chase today. There are not going to be any updates on TV shows I'm watching or my yard status or what's going on with the dogs. We're jumping right into our guest today. This is Miss Kelly Lynn Naokas. Naokas, we just had this conversation. You told me how to say it. You got it. It was good. It took me two you tries. I just forgot one. It's all right. How you doing? Great. Awesome. How are you so, doing, Darren? Oh, you know, I had a back workout today, so I'm a little tired. Um, I didn't get to finish my uh, post workout carbs before we started this, so I'm still a little hungry. Um, are you going to eat while you're on camera? Because I think you should. You think? I don't think anybody else would agree with you, so I probably won't. Okay. So, full disclosure, you are my coach. I am. Yes, and have been since like what October, something like that. Yeah, and Thereabouts. I'm honored. I'm honored to be your coach. Oh, really? Honored. Yeah. That, 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 that. Can I? Yeah, this is going to turn into a Darren Star interview. Oh no, we can't. Do so that. Like, you know you're, that. Not, you're not turning <laughs> this shit around on me. No, I'm not going to let you. Okay. Go um, ahead. I, I have a that, that's some hard hitting questions for you. If you're ready here, right. I, I came prepared with uh, several. First one. This is the hardest one. Um, tell me about your guinea pigs. My guinea pigs. Yeah. So <laughs> I have three guinea pigs yeah. and they are all female. Yes. And they all have personalities and they're, they're just like my babies. What, but, uh, um, what, 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 uh, why, why guinea pigs? Where did this come from? So one night I was Googling stuff cause I couldn't sleep and my brother has a pig and he's got a farm. So I was like, I should get a baby pig, but no. Cause I mean, <laughs> I didn't want a dog because I was like, a dog is going to be like a lot of pressure when I'm traveling. So like, I'm just going to get guinea pigs because they are cool and they're, and I did a lot of research on them and I never had one. And I was like, they're not like a rabbit. It's not like a hamster. So they're basically little mini dog rabbit pigs. Cause I'm looking at one of them eating. <laughs> all they do is eat. They, um, they're really fun when they play together it's super cute too because they got really cool personalities but each mm -hmm. one is so independent like they're just in very individual with their personality types that is cool and they're like yeah i love them so i mean i don't know it was like a weird like not thought out purchase you know i just one day <laughs> decided i'm gonna get a guinea pig just just randomly go onto Random. amazon and order up a few guinea pigs and you can buy them on Amazon, but that's okay. It's not an Amazon thing. <laughs> they don't ship those. No. Okay. No, they, <laughs> they better uh, not. They better not. Well, I, I think the like Amazon boxes they'd have like little holes in them, probably, so they could. I'll breathe. have like thirty of them. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't put that in my 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 head, Darren. Okay. Anyway. All right. All right. So you are uh, you're pretty elite. You're an IFBB pro. Yes. You're you're you're, the, you're, elite. you're a big deal. No, I wouldn't <laughs> say it's a big deal. Um, yeah, no, but okay, yeah, that's fair. I, I, I did turn pro. I did turn pro. Yes. In what? 2018, 19? 2018. Okay. Um, and here is something that um, I really want this audience to hear. And, and you can give me an approximate number on this if you're not totally sure. 
How many times did you compete before turning pro? I competed about, oh God, this is like 30, probably 29, 30 times. Okay. All right. So um, the word of the day, ladies and gentlemen, is persistence. Yes. <laughs> and uh, if you're going to compete 29, 30 times, you're not going to do that unless you really, really enjoy pretty much everything about this. Pretty much. Yeah. Or find your find your find a way to convince yourself during some times that like, hey, I'm doing this for a reason, et cetera. But you can't be convincing yourself all the time through prep twenty-nine or thirty times, like trying to, to sell yourself on the process. Like you've got to legitimately like believe it and buy into it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think like part of the reason why so I never wanted to do like I used to buy the magazines when I was young like when i was 17 18 19 and i saw them on the magazine racks and i was like how do they get like this and i watch espn and i watch monica brandt and like Corey everson's show on i think it was got a sweat or something like that it was on espn back in the day <laughs> they had the olympia on tv back then so like mm -hmm. i didn't think that i could possibly look like that and i had no idea how that could even work you know like, how do you get like that? Because they look so crazy and muscular and they're so women. How did you get started? Well, so I was a runner and I was like 115 pounds when I joined the Marine Corps, if that. And uh, I started running with like, no kidding, like ankle weights on my wrist. Like I was like trying to prepare for the Marine Corps. So I was like, you know, growing up, like I went through like a rough um teenage years you know a lot of doubt a lot of you know issues like you know just just normal teenager stuff and yeah. you know i threw myself in the marine corps long story short um but to prepare for that like i started going over the top with my training i thought this was going to be like <laughs> gonna be like one of those war movies gi <laughs> jane basically so like i started running with like a weight vest and all kinds of like heavy stuff just to get in shape. So I was like pretty much, you know, ready for war by the time I went. Yeah. So you're like a combat runner. You weren't doing like a bunch of like weightlifting or anything like that. No, I was, I just started getting, so then I bought the book. Um, I was, I was, first I bought the book body for life and I read that book and I thought it was the coolest book because it basically taught you about portions and this and like, and like how to like structure your workouts and only to do 20 minutes of cardio in the morning and you're good right? It's a good primer. That was a great primer. It was a good, you know, for learning when you're younger. Cause at that time I was probably like 16, 17, something like that. And I started researching about diet and, uh, I kind of got like into this when I was younger, you know, or some people find it when they're older, but, um, it just became my thing. And then I was so fascinated by the human body that I just kept like, researching and and i have like this whole like binder this thick of articles like that i printed out from like the american sports medicine journals and all this just like about the uh glycemic index and i mean it was just like everything i could figure out i was like i need to learn all of this and if i don't know i'm going to ask somebody who knows like i would go to the doctor and i would pick their brain like if i went to look they want to talk to me about cholesterol i wanted to know exactly how it worked <laughs> Was I'm, that sure, kid? I'm sure they really looked forward to you coming around like oh yeah, god no, here really. she comes again jesus <laughs> i was like so why is cholesterol like you know i would ask this question anyways 
So I go in the Marine Corps um, and I went to the gym and this one guy said, you should do a show. And I said, me, I was like, I don't really want to be a bodybuilder though. Like I like the fitness thing. Right. But that was the first show I ever did. So I was uh, 19, 20 years old when I started prepping and um, I didn't know anything. There was no coaches. There was nothing. I was all on online. And there was no YouTube. There was no bodybuilding.com. No, yeah. no. Right, Karen? So like you really had to like research or buy, I bought the perfect posing video by Gary Udit. What it comes um, down to back then, it's like, who do you know? And so yeah. like back then, you know, when I was 20, 21, 22, I was getting started. And who did I know? Well, I knew my roommate and we'd go and work out together and neither of us, neither of us knew a damn thing. So, right. and we didn't know anybody else. So we just kind of floundered and we're like, okay, cool. We worked out. Cool. Let's go get a burger. It's like, <laughs> like we yeah, didn't, it's so we didn't true. Know anything like, about anything. No. And I would, uh, I would talk to like power lifters. I'm like, how do you build like this right here how do you how did you get your arms like that you know because mm -hmm. i wanted to know like how they got that big or whatever as i got more into it and then um i remember the like, way my first show i had no idea i was just doing protein shakes <laughs> towards the end <laughs> i mean you, you bought into the marketing in the magazines i did yeah i did <laughs> i was like that must be what they do a hundred percent. Totally. You you just have your cell tech shakes and then you look like Ronnie Coleman. That's how it works. Yeah. 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 Muscle tech or EAS, the uh, rip, oh. rip open packets. Those are so good though. I'll tell you that. And I used to eat like probably five or six a day. Oh, and what, then what I were have, the like, ones that they were the, they were, they were those rip open packets. What was it? It wasn't EAS. It was like, uh, Oh, oh they had metrics had it. Metrics. That was the one. Yeah. Yeah. That test that takes like absolute. Oh, I, I lived off those things for way too long. Yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> But see, there was a one point that it was like, it was just not good for your system. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it just, it just, yeah. I mean, I, I really had no idea. I was like, okay, I'm supposed to eat vegetables. I'm supposed to eat protein. I'd have cottage cheese all the time. I would have like sweet potatoes, but I really didn't understand the chemistry between it. And then I started learning like which foods are more like thermogenic, um, would help fire up the metabolism more like the spices and like, you know, like cayenne pepper. And I started to like really read into how your metabolism works with food. Get into more and of the why rather than somebody saying, why. do this, do this, do this. It's like, yeah, that'll get you so yeah. far, but yeah. Yeah. So what, one thing, so I always think like, what would happen if I started? Cause I would say I didn't really, start training with some idea of like, I kind of knew what I was doing until much later than I would have liked to admit, like mid twenties, something like that. Right. So you got started kind of early. If you were, let's say in your mid to late thirties right now and just getting started, how would you do things differently? So it's, it's today, modern day, you have access right. to all this stuff. Um, what are two things that you would do? Or, you know, if you could transport the 18 year old Kelly from back then up to today, what would you tell her to do differently? Well, first I would go get a nutrition. Um, I would learn nutrition first, whether it was a certification or get into dietetics or something younger uh, to learn diet. However, nothing against anybody that does diets for a living. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes no no not you i'm talking like you know like sometimes like registered dietitians and all yeah. of that depending on like what their knowledge is not always 
does it coincide with bodybuilding diets? Um, or even like, I, you know, when it comes to uh, things like that. So like, I think the, the number one thing I would do is really learn about how foods work with the body. Um, you know, and it's weird because also through my time and my journey, I have learned that if you eat the same thing all the time, your body becomes intolerant to it. Um, there's foods that contain the family salicylates. So if somebody's allergic to aspirin and they eat nothing but dark leafy greens and broccoli and all these things over and over and over again, they may start developing rashes or intolerances and they don't know where it's coming from. But then I learned about something back in the day called a chemical free diet. And um, where you have like, you just go on like iceberg lettuce and all these things that don't have pesticides because your body, sometimes competitors, people that diet can get it like on these like low carb, constant like vegetables. And they, they don't realize that over time, just like if you eat eggs all the time, your body can become intolerant to it. Right. So those are the things I think like when you first start and you get on a roll and you think you've got your body on, under control. If you learn about diet and what really works is number one. Number two, I think that you should also read actual literature, not bro science. <laughs> hey, what, what are you saying? Bro science is, is responsible for some of our, our greatest discoveries. It's true. It is true. It is <laughs> but true. You, but you, I, you, can't, you can't have a diet, a uh, mental diet built on that alone. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the same thing with like training, like, you know, you really got to learn about the different cycles of training, the types of like, you know, how to do uh, more like anabolic type of style, style training where you're going to build, um, you know, depends on your repetitions you do, how much rest you have, like, like month cycles, like you'll do like, you know, these different cycles throughout your training so that you can build endurance and so that you can build strength. I mean, there's like so much for people to really learn. I think that the foundation is what you really need to learn. And so conversely to that, if you could talk to your younger self and say, here is one thing that you really need to just ignore, not worry about. It's overrated. It's stupid. Forget about this. What would that be? Something that you, maybe you, that you've wasted a bunch <laughs> of mental energy on or whatever that is. is cardio. Is, cardio. Okay. <laughs> How do you really feel? Cardio. <laughs> I was a cardio bunny, you know, younger. Um, but I thought you could not like if I missed a day of cardio, I was psycho. I would freak out and I would think I was gonna get fat the next day, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh I still so it, it's essential, but it can't be like it can't be like at the at the bottom of your pyramid. Correct. Yeah. It is essential. However, as I tell people, just like you know, muscle mass burns more fat than cardio. Yeah. Over time anyway. So, so focus on getting bigger. Focus on, focus on developing muscle, you know, because you could build that structure first. Mm -hmm. Then once, once you want to strip that down, at least you'll have a physique to look at instead of like over cardioing it off. Cause a lot of people tend to do that. Yeah. Or they think that that's going to be what spikes your metabolism when it's really not. And to be clear, I mean, you know, some people want that look, you know, that, that supermodel, like I have no shape to my body. I'm just as small as possible kind of look. So, they do. Um, but those are people that I, I think typically don't listen to this podcast. So we no, can, no. we can just kind of pretend they don't exist. I was about to exist. say, Darren, this is just a little. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm working on my supermodel physique. You know, I'm trying to trying to get my BMI down to like ten. See if I can do that. So, um, so let, let let's. I, I don't need a full history or anything. But you said like twenty nine, thirty shows, and so like you've been competing long enough that you've done figure in a one piece. Um, right, and it's always funny now when I see those pictures, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. What What are some of your uh, some of your highlights? Like two two or three shows that really stand out to you for one reason or another. So I have to say my first show because I took third in my first show that I ever threw myself into when I was 20, 20, 21. and I have to say two thousand and. Five, um, I won shows in Florida. It was like the All South, and then uh, most definitely 2017. My highlight was taking 10 years off and getting on stage at North Americans and missing my pro card by one spot mm. in two different classes, figure and physique. And honestly, like that week, I was sick. I had 140 degree fever. So I literally didn't think that I was going to be able to get on stage because I flew in from Florida, stayed up there for a week, trying to get like, you know, my body to acclimate. And then I remember I was like, I can't do these depletion workouts. I'm going to die. Like, this is not good. Like I felt so sick. I had to hit airborne and everything to like, try to kick that out of my system before the show. So to like walk away with, a third place in two different classes, which the top two turned pro. I was like floored. I was like, this is awesome. And people were like, man, you should have done, you should have, I thought you should have won. I'm like, I don't really care. I'm like, this is crazy. I had to come back and I'm like missing by, by one spot. They're dangling this over my head. You know what I mean? You're like, screw the pro card. I'm just glad I, glad I didn't die. <laughs> Not even that. It's like to come back from a 10 year hiatus and like just jump on the first national show that I had in my, my plan and to miss it by one spot is like really kind of unheard of, you know, cause that's like, like you'd probably tell your clients just like I do, like you don't expect to always win the first go around. Mm-hmm. Right. But sometimes you go in <laughs> in my case, it was like by a, by a spot. And that was like, you know, like I said, it's usually unheard of. So it was kind of a shocking thing. It kind of really kind of opened my eyes to like, wow, I can really do this again, you know? Yeah. Was that your first national show or did you compete on a national stage before your break? I competed at North Americans in 2006 in figure. Okay. So North Americans is kind of your jam, apparently. It was my jam. Yes. And it was my, it was the real. I'm from Pittsburgh. Oh, so So I was born in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Hmm. But the cool thing was, is when I did attempt it the first time, like I got like third call outs and I was smaller. I was like 26. So here I go up there. I'm 30, uh, 37 at the time. And I literally like just missed it by one spot. First call outs in both classes. And I was like, what just happened? (laughs) I mean, it was like, it was surreal to me. Did did you feel like you were ready for that? I mean, obviously being sick kind of changes your perspective a little bit, but did you go into that? Like, you know, the the last couple of weeks of prep, like, man, I'm kind of where I need to be. I did. But just like anybody else, I'll admit any other competitor, 
you look through Instagram and stuff and I'm like Googling North Americans and I hashtag North Americans 2017 see who's competing. <laughs> and I freaked myself out because I see Canadians and I was like, oh God, this girl's doing my class. It's not good. And I would like freak out. So when I got there, I'm like looking around. There's like, a, there was literally a thousand, I think 1,250 competitors total at that show. In the line for tanning for the females made me want to pass out. So I'm like, there's no way. I just flew up here, entered these categories. There's no way I'm gonna, there's no way I'm gonna place in the top five. I'm like, there's no way. There's See, not I, so many I'd be girls. thinking, there's no way I'm even gonna get to the front of this line to get my damn tan. It's like, what the hell? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Man. You know, and I was like, what am I doing? And I just laid back there. I was like, you know what? I'm here. Whatever happens, happens. Everybody looks great. You know, and then I started to see my body after I had a burger, you know, in like the morning. No, I didn't have a burger in the morning. Sorry. <laughs> my pancakes. Maybe you should have. Maybe that back. would have been second place. <laughs> I know. And I laid back and I remember kicking my feet up and I looked at my quads and I always gauge by my legs, right? So I looked at my quads and I was like, they're pretty dang ripped. You know, I'm like, they are really conditioned. I looked around other girls and I'm like, I don't see that conditioning. Right. So like, I, I kind of mm. knew it was going to be, you saw the signs kind of, and yeah. I felt more confident in it. So that when I went out there, it was like one of my best presentations I've ever had on stage. Even that, that, from that's being the thing. Pro, if, you are, if you aren't confident, it's like they can see that. Right. If you have, if you have that, I don't belong here. Look on your face. They're going to make right. sure that you aren't there. They're not going to put you in that group. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. So walk walk um, me through the the chronology here and a little bit of what was in your head. So the first time you did North Americans, you said like third call out. Was that the last show that you did before your break? Yep. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay. So it was very much like a, this is not what I was expecting. And this is not the result that I wanted. This is a lot of work and I'm not getting what I want out of it. So screw it. Yeah. And it was like, I was doing four shows a year. I was cramming all these shows together. That's how 30 shows came about. Cause like, I would like, I'm like, well, there's one here. Oh, cause Florida is like a Mecca. So we have this one this weekend, this one that weekend. So I was hitting these shows. I did shows though while that between that time frame i had done shows i did monica branch show in 2002 up in washington dc um you know it's like i would just try to do different shows and i was doing good so i thought that because i was i wasn't i didn't realize the national level was like so you know and i'm like the all natural thing and i was like you know just this muscular but like lean being pole looking girl ish <laughs> with muscle, yeah. you know, and I get up there and I'm like, these girls are so muscular. I'm going to get swallowed. And I was swallowed. <laughs> it was like, I was baby and fish. But, but back then, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, even today, you know, you go to a, a show today, I went to a show in Chattanooga, not last year because there weren't any shows, but 2019. Um, and the figure category, not just a class, but the category was two women. That was it. So, but back then there was no physique. I don't even think bikini was around yet. So, as a woman, if you wanted to compete, it was figure or bodybuilding. So there were a lot more. So if you're talking a national level show, I'm thinking third call out is still like you know at least middle of the pack, right? Yeah, it was. But it's we had like I mean it was like I think there was about fifty. Yeah. Deep. 
per class. It was like that big. And I mean, it, I'm like, there's no way. And we had to do two rounds, you know, you got yeah. one piece, two piece, just, it was like, yeah. By that time I, I just got burnout and I, my body was getting, it was taking a toll on my body. I'm doing, and I'm doing like, four oh, shows I, a year. Jesus. Yeah. You know, but That's it was lot. dumb. I was dumb. You know, I was doing a dumb, dumb thing. <laughs> um, what uh, th- this just came into my head as a random question: um, the one piece and the two piece. So you have to get two suits. Were they as expensive back then as they are today? No, they were okay. velvet. They okay. were velvet mostly, and the wet look didn't come out until like the, like the shiny material didn't come out. When it did, it was like, whoa, that's really pretty. But um, they didn't want the bling either. So like you okay. had to get like this one piece that was kind of cut to your hips, but like showed your ribs, and like it was like. You know, but the, you, all you had really was a crystal in the middle and like some sprinkled out crystals. And they were about 350 was like okay, a good one, you know, compared now to the $25 like, trunks that the guys wear. Right. It's still a bullshit scam. I'm sorry. Women get screwed on this. They really do. Um, at least you've do. only got to buy one suit for a show now instead of two. But. And then and that suit's about twelve hundred fifty. If you're going for a nice one, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still think like looking at the photos, like what were they thinking with the one piece? It's like you know, you get somebody who's lean and in shape. What's the first thing that you think of? Oh, they got abs. Well, let's just hide those with a piece of fabric. It's like I think it was what's like the point. Supposedly, it was supposed to be showing your your uh, your symmetry, like your waist to hip ratio. You Interesting. Know? with your waist coming in and your shoulders, it was supposed to show just the shape because it was called figure, but then like it was a real long show. And if they still did that, I don't think anybody would probably attend the show. Every show would be two days. It would be like two or three days. Yeah. And, um, I do think, I do think that they should separate bikini and wellness. Maybe doing wellness with that kind of a suit would be kind of cool. Um, because it is lower body dominant. So like, it would be just showcase lower body and you cover up the top. I mean, that might be kind of a cool concept, but, um, it's like a a figure suit on the bottom and like a, uh, like a crop top sweatshirt up top. Something like that. (laughs) This this is why I'm not in charge of anything. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Aaron. (laughs) I, I have ideas. I just, I don't make any, uh, pretense that there are ever any good ones. Hey, everybody. Uh, Allow me to interrupt myself briefly and just say thank you again for listening. I would love for you to take this episode, share it on social media, tag me there on Instagram at Darren underscore star in your posts and in your stories, and and leave reviews wherever you can. Wherever you listen to this, if the uh, service allows you to leave a review and a rating, do it. I'd forever be appreciative. Um, Also, call in and leave a question. Uh, Our voicemail line is always open here. The number... Uh, if you're ready to write it down, are you ready? 865-518-2974. If you want to be featured in an upcoming episode, let me know. Uh, call in, leave a message there, and give me something to talk about. Also, this podcast is sponsored by me. Uh, FiveStarPhysique.com is my business. It uh, features coaching for contest prep or just general non-competitive body transformation as well. I like to go a little bit deeper, a little beyond the surface, beyond just plan writing, uh, and focus on what is preventing you from being successful. And then once we have that figured out, 
hammer the other stuff really hard and get you to fulfill your potential. Um, if you're not looking for coaching, but you're just looking for like, hey, I need something to do in the gym. I have workout plans available. You can go and browse those online. You can read about coaching if you go to fivestarphysique.com. That's star with two R's, five spelled out, F-I-V-E. You can click on coaching. You can click on workout plans, read about everything there. And if you have questions, of course, just click on contact and hit me up there. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Now, where was I before I was so rudely interrupted? Oh, yeah, let's go back. So then uh, you, t- you turned pro at uh, what, what show was it? It was a weird one. Um, okay, it was, it was a weird one. That's Darren. It was a weird, it was, a, it was, the, uh, it was the first annual Caribbean Bahamas. It was the Grand Prix. Um, but this is a cool story. Like I've never heard of that show. I'm like, it's a pro qualifier. It's that's, that's weird. That's exactly what. So I, before that, before nationals, right. I was like, basically felt like 2017 was my promise year for 2018. Like if I was just going to go in, cause I was top, I was top five in Miami, top five in North American. So people were like, Kelly, you're going to get your pro card in 2018. And I was so dead set on it that I took the whole year to, to prep for this show. And, um, it was coming in good, but, uh, I had a coach at the time that, you know, he, he tried the old school thing with me and overcarbed me and I spilled over in, in nationals in Miami. Mm. And I was really disappointed because I got six <clears throat> and I was like, you, um, yeah, <laughs> I just missed the top five. And I'm like, Oh my God. But the week prior, one of my friends found the postcard for the Caribbean, or Caribbean Grand Prix, and they were it's it's um it was a Florida promoter that that did this, and basically what it did is it opened it up to all countries to come. So like, yes, so you had people from Russia, from from Brazil, uh, all these different people from all over the world were there. So it's kind of like the Arnold Amateur in a sense in that way. Yes. So I went in thinking, they're like, oh, you should register. Even the promoter said register because they saw they had a booth at the Nationals. And they said, come to this show and just just put, you know, just try it. So I went for bodybuilding and physique and I could have done figure. I could have went in for figure. Um, But you had people that didn't do what they wanted to at Nationals sign up for this show. So... It was like a two-week turnaround. So after the nationals, it was two weeks later. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to change my package, do this myself, strip it all off, and then just see if I come in 10 pounds tighter or something like that, just so I don't look, you know, too big on stage. Because I feel like I look bigger than all the physique girls that year. Mm-hmm. And um, I pulled it together. And I mean, like every day I kept coming down and coming down and coming down. And I'm like, okay, this is where I need to be just gonna wing it did you like beat your ass pretty hard for those two weeks oh it was bad yeah (laughs) i was tired (laughs) i was tired but you know what it was worth it because i'm like this has got to happen the willpower like the feeling inside of me that burning desire was so high that i'm like i'm not gonna not do this because i have to do this and pulled it together flew down totally freaked out again like when i saw the right check and i'm like there wasn't supposed to be this many people <laughs> this is supposed to be an under the radar kind of show <laughs> yeah so i'm like what are these people from russia and they're all joining bodybuilding i saw the girls checking in for bodybuilding we had to weigh in i'm like oh my god her shoulders are bigger 
There's no way. <laughs> I kept looking at the shoulders. You know, I'm like, there's no way. And uh, so you had to win overall. Okay. Like you couldn't just win your class. You had to win the overall. Wow. That, that, I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's pretty unique among pro qualifiers. Like mm -hmm. they, they don't necessarily give them out like candy, but they aren't usually that stringent with them. Right. So, so people were told just do that show. And because nationals is so big, they threw people in there from that show that, you know, you, by weigh-in is what you get your bodybuilding, you know, that's mm -hmm. all by weight. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be a tough one. And then <laughs> I didn't have routines ready. So basically I could wing it. So like I did, and um, I did physique first and then I just threw something together in two minutes backstage. I was like, you know, you know, thinking, okay, should I start on the floor? And I like kind of ran through it in my head and the DJ's like, I said, just play something. I don't hear. Just play something. <laughs> just play something. <laughs> so I posed, and then they did the call outs, and I was dead center, and they didn't move me. And Steve Weinberger was the head judge, and I'm like, oh, great. So I'm like sweating up there. I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is Steve Weinberger. You know, he likes them hard. And, and I'm like, there's girls in this class that are huge. And I looked down the audience, and I remember seeing like, uh, J.M. Mannion was out there and I, I know him and like there's a couple other people they were like shaking their head like they looked at me and made eye contact I'm, like I think you got this class and I was thinking <laughs> in my head I'm like I'm gonna pass out this is like I freaked out you know don't think I'm gonna make it I'm smiling and I ran off stage and someone's like you I think you're gonna get this I'm like because I'm thinking in my head oh my god that means I'm gonna get a pro card what the heck is gonna go you know <laughs> And then everything went black and I went and did my other routine, made that one up too. They called us back. Then we had to do comparisons for the bo uh, bodybuilding uh, physique. And I remember them telling me that I like won that overall. And I was shocked. Like I was, I, and they, inter they interviewed me and I put a crown on my head and that's all I remember. They gave me a sword. <laughs> <laughs> And you didn't cut anybody with it. You didn't kill yourself with it or anything. No, so, I, like, I, yeah. I wouldn't give a sharp object to somebody who's clearly dazed and confused. I think that's an yeah. accident. I, mean, I, almost, I almost passed out on stage. I wish they had that video. I mean, <laughs> she put the, I would like literally rock backwards. Cause I was like, Holy crap. And then when I did my other round and came back out and they said, they awarded me that too. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, should I pass this down to somebody? I don't know what to do. Like, I didn't know what to do. I don't think they let you do that. <laughs> I know they actually do. If you do oh, really? classes like North Americans and you got like 40 and over, 35 and over, if you win all those classes, you can choose to pass it down to the third place. Hmm. Interesting. But I, like I would, I, it's kind of cool. Yeah. And I was like kind of weirded out, but I didn't think I had no brain power going. So like, I just was like, okay. And I remember we did our thing and I had these two swords that taking the pictures <laughs> And I'm like, oh my God, Kelly, you just did it. Like, it was so awesome. That's wild. It was wild. wild. It was so crazy. And I'm telling you, like, that's why, like, you just never know. And I always tell people, don't ever think that you can't do it. Cause I've been through it through so many years. And like, there's been times I get up, like 10 years is a long time. 
Well, that's the thing. It's it's a lot of shows a year, and you're going, 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 and you're getting somewhere. And you know, like North Americans, third callouts. That's not nothing. Um, but again, it's everybody's going to handle that a little bit differently. And mm. uh, and so then you take a break. Like I'm going to take a break, and you know, six months turns into a year, turns into ten years, and then you come roaring back, and it's like, man, I think we learned something. I think something good happened during that break. So, I mean, clearly you weren't yeah, stagnant. It, you were still yeah. working. I was still working. But the, but the good thing was, is that I took a step back and focused more on coaching. And I was vicariously living through my clients and getting that, you know, watching them on stage shining. And I had no desire to get back on stage. I did not care. I was like, I don't want to, I don't care if I get back on stage. I really wasn't planning until people were like, coach, I want to see you do it. I was like, oh man, this is pressure. This sounds really familiar. I'm just it saying. Does. <laughs> but you know what's crazy? That's the that's the most inspiring part. And what I what I would say is, you know, at one point I'm like, you know, it doesn't really matter if you're a pro or not. It and in my opinion, it's it's a surreal feeling and it's really amazing when it happens. But I think what matters more with the pro card, and this is just my opinion for anybody that has competed or someone like you. That was going to get back on stage. <laughs> the cool thing Probably. about turning pro, the thing about turning pro is it, it gives you that. I did all this, all these years I've coached these people, all this knowledge. I trained so hard. And like, normally you don't, sometimes you don't get anything, any reward for that. You know, there's, it's not really something except like as a concrete result, you can look in the mirror and go, Hey, nothing tangible you know right it's not really it's not really tangible so when you have a card that you're like wow i am like a person that won a bodybuilding card based upon how i look and it's like they call you know it's an elite thing throughout the, the world it's a it's an accomplishment i think of all the hard years in the journey i feel like that's what's so um that's what hits me emotionally when I think about it sometimes and I look at a car, I look at my cards or I look at my actual one that I signed and, you know, and it's got J Jim Mannion's signature on it. And, and then when you get that first email that says, welcome to the pro league, you're like, Phew, that really is crazy. <laughs> that, that hits a little different. <laughs> it is different. Yeah. And then, you, you know, I, I don't feel different than anybody else. I don't feel different than any other competitor. Mm -hmm. you know so after you got I your just, pro card did you uh did you go and look for pro shows right away did you take a year what was the year did, off. did you have a strategy to do that that was kind of the yeah. plan okay yeah you think that was the right move yeah i do um it was just a it was just a weird year and i just wanted to live my life i didn't want to get like i don't want to continue to like beat myself up because also as you know you have to have balance in your life. Um, and you do all these things too. So you have like, you know, you play music and you have your dogs and you, you know, you do things that are outside of this sport. And I feel like if you keep going and you keep doing it year after year, it can also, you can, um, like I said, you can maintain what you have and like you can continue to train. It doesn't mean you have to get on stage constantly. And it's good to have the accountability of a coach or, whatever and just continue to progress but you don't have to step on that stage all the time because that that you know that dieting down period and that that can really get to your head and ruin your life if you do it every year 
I mean, yeah. you ruin the, the balance you have. You know what I mean? And that that's the funny thing about balance because... I agree completely. Like I need to have that kind of balance. Um, you know, I, you know, this is, you know, bodybuilding is my career, you know? So when it's also kind of like a hobby as it is for most people, um, but it's also your career, it kind of becomes all consuming. So I think that balance becomes more important. So how do you reconcile that with the fact that you are stepping on stage to compete against people that uh, think that balance is weakness and they're just all in, but they're going to have a career that's done and gone in five years because they burn out. How do I? Um, Okay. It's tricky because you're putting yourself, you know, with, with your perspective about, about balance being important up against people who don't think that, and they're not going to have the longevity that you do, but you still have to compete against them all the same. Correct. And you know, I don't know I've that noticed, there's really a question in there, actually, now that I say it. There is it. a question. There, it is a good question because I think that if you have that mindset, like I'll look at it and I'm not like going to say anything to them, but I will. I know that eventually that person that is all consumed with it, they're going to go through something. You'll eventually see them either post something like competition ruined my life and it messed my my body up my metabolism my head um i lost these years because because of it i've seen it so many times like even pros write these things and they're like bodybuilding i'm not getting out i'm retiring and 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 the reason they're saying that is because they've let it consume them and they're looking at it from like this it's all or nothing if i don't do it you know if i don't do it this year then people are going to forget me i'm like that's so not true. I mean, because people really aren't paying that much attention to each individual competitor. If they're not your like fan or whatever, they don't yeah. really care. When they see you on stage, it's whoever shows up. And if you look phenomenal after five-year hiatus, 10-year hiatus, taking time off, you may have health issues, you might have this. And if you allow that balance to bring you back, you won't lose, you won't lose the drive. You won't feel as, you know, as um, what is it called? Like burn out from it like i got to uh, and then you'll learn like it's more fun to prep but when you feel like it's like this every day like oh man i gotta do this you know this is that's when you shouldn't be doing a show you know yeah i mean that, that's the thing is I, I hear those things as well like bodybuilding is unhealthy it created health problems like it didn't do that you let that happen i mean let's be clear you know you 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 have some control over this and don't blame your coach either um because you always have the ability to say hey i don't think this is a smart move because you know not all coaches are out there looking after your health and being concerned with that um especially when you have somebody who and this, this happens a lot where they're like, no matter what it takes, I don't care what I have to do. I don't care how hard I have to diet. I don't care how much cardio I have to do. I don't care what kind of drugs I have to take. It doesn't matter until then one day it does. And then suddenly right. they blame the coach, et cetera. So I've never had that happen to me, but I've, I've seen that with other people where it's clearly they are all in and you know going to whatever extremes they want. And then one day they realize like, oh no, um, you know, this, this is unhealthy. You know, people shouldn't do this. I'm like, Maybe you shouldn't do it the way that you did, but there are other paths. <laughs> That's so true. I think like the cool thing about our our situation is like um and how we coach is experience. You know, I think once you get it's like I look back and I'm like, 
here I'm in my 40s and I remember looking at people in their 40s that were in bodybuilding when I was young. And I used to admire them because if they were in shape and they're still training and they have this knowledge to give me, I was the receptive person to that knowledge, right? And I think that now I'm starting to feel like that older person. <laughs> I have that wisdom of like, don't do it. Don't go over the top. You're obsessed with this. Like, you know, you don't always have to be that regimented, you know, like that's how I start to feel with when I tell people, don't let this consume you. And I'm talking through experience, not just like, I don't want you to do well. Like I want you to do well. I want people to achieve their goals. And if I just don't, I just know I'm not going to stop somebody in their tracks, but I want them to know that there are other ways to do this where they're not going to get burnt out. I want and people to like, achieve their goals, but not at the expense of other stuff that might be important too. Yeah. Like your, like your, like your relationships, your, your family, family, like, yeah. you know, like friends, I mean, really good friends. If you start cutting everything out of your life just for this. You can do it, but you don't have to do all that extreme. Like, I mean, and you can miss a day at the gym if you have to. Some people just can't. Like, once they get into this, it becomes so consuming. They can't break free of that yeah, they, monster. They, they let it consume themselves. And they get themselves yeah. into this pattern where they feel like, I have to become a hermit in prep. I must say no to absolutely everything. And I'm like, you don't. And you can say yes to some stuff. Like you can go with people to things. You'll have to make other sacrifices. Like, yeah, yeah, go to that party with your friends, bring a meal, pound some water, you know, but it's not like you have to miss out. It's going to take some discipline to do that. You're probably increasing your degree of difficulty a little bit because, you know, you're forcing yourself to flex that discipline muscle a little bit harder. Right. But you don't have to hermitize yourself, if I can create a Correct. word there, in order to, to, to oh, make Oh, yeah, that's work. a good word. I kind of like it. Yeah, I, gonna, um, I will use that I a lot not, with me because not, that's how I live. You know, I did not hermitize. I am a hermit too. I did not hermitize. Like, as, I mean, I remember 2017. Like, there was October came around, and I was going to compete um, in November. And I remember I went to a Halloween party, and I what I did was I ate before I went in in my car, and I knew that I was only going to be there for like three hours. So it wasn't this is you were you were how far out? A week out. A week out, and you're going to a Halloween party. Yeah. And I obviously, you don't drink, you don't drink. Yeah. You don't drink, you don't, but I went there and I was tired, but I mean, you know, I didn't want to like say no. And then I, I would do the same thing. Like I've been like during COVID that was a really smooth, like three shows I did not a hundred percent smooth, but like <laughs> I didn't have so much pressure because I still allowed myself to go in and do things. Like I'll go to the beach. I'm not going to sit there and just like, you know, freak out if I'm off by like five minutes or something. If I didn't eat, like I know I have my food and I'm not going to die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, I think that's, that's such something that I don't know if it takes experience to realize this or like you said, like, you know, people start doing all this stuff like drugs and all this and someday it just it forces them to stop um but they don't really have much of a choice it, anymore yeah and a good yeah. coach is like gets them out of that like i'm just i'll be like knock it off i mean i literally will tell people just stop being a baby tomorrow you wake up you're gonna be fine life did not just end and then the next day they're like you know what you were right i'm like i know because <laughs> <laughs> this is not life or death right it should now. should be a newsflash like that I'm right. Die. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, it, I think it's like, it gets in your head. You get in your head too much. That's what I, most competitors get in their head. Even 
like close to a show, you could really get in your head. So oh, yeah. I've been there. Yeah, I've been there too. Um, I know. Is there anyone in this industry older than you that you look up to? Man, lot. Your, your Yoda, um, your guru? My Yoda. Okay, so I worked with, uh, back in the day, I worked with Joe McNeil, who coached Dexter Jackson. And he was an OCD under the radar coach. And he's, he still lives here in Florida. Um, whole home gym, all home gym, total hermit. Um, he had tools in his garage that he would literally polish and put the back in there in place. He vacuumed his gym every day. This is my underneath kind of guy. The exactly. <laughs> so he would weld like on a calf raise, he welded different bars that would work better. And he would actually get under your heels, push your feet up so that you can get a full contraction in your calf. If you couldn't get up that high, like he was so precise that he walked around you. Like he was looking at like some kind of, you know, some kind of vehicle that he just built <laughs> it was like checking all angles, make sure you're pressing right. And so that precision and his way of doing like giant sets and workouts were 20 minutes max and you felt like you're gonna die like mm. literally like you felt like you saw stars and um i remember learning his methods and my coach mark andriozzi who was a, a coach here in florida uh he was he also was a pharmaceutical rep um went to college total ocd amazing <laughs> another amazing coach Worked ironically, I found out he actually worked under Joe. Oh, he was one of Joe's clients back in the day, too. Hmm. And their because their philosophies are so similar. And Mark was like a random check in guy, like I would have to check in with him. Uh, he'd be like, Hey, I need pictures this morning. I'm like, Oh, no, <laughs> but 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 <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mark ready. was good, yeah. So he was good. And, um, those two really, I've worked with other coaches too, that were really well known, but I mean, those two really, I think it's the precision and the, um, the attitude of like, don't, don't be a baby. Like, don't bitch to me about this because mm -hmm. I would cry to Mark and he, <laughs> and he would just hang up the phone. <laughs> wow. It's a uh, yeah. warm shoulder right there. <laughs> He was good, but but what's weird is that over time I loved it so much that he I, he gave me all this incredible knowledge and just both of them and how to be like a good coach and I think that the ways I've implemented I've implemented that in my coaching style a lot um, because it it's what gets you successful clients and it also helps you learn that you know the techniques of certain people that are really strong um, when it comes to that willpower, you need to keep your client going with their own willpower. It's really tough when somebody gets like in their head and they're crying to you and they're like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, you're like three weeks out. And I just remember things that Mark said. And so I just say that right back to them, you know, like. <laughs> don't need to reinvent the wheel on that stuff. Yeah. I was like, you know what? He used to tell me, I was like, I, this is just, I'm like, my life absolutely sucks. I don't know if I want to do this. I'm going to, I think I should, he's like, first of all, you're a Marine. And I was like, oh man, here we go with the Marine thing. Like, oh shit. <laughs> Secondly, he goes, why don't you take yourself to, he would say, take yourself to a cemetery and go tell those people and complain to them about your life being so difficult. I'm sure one of them would want to switch places with you any day. And I was like, oh my God. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> that hits deep. <laughs> that hit deep because I literally would be on like my knees crying. Like I cannot do this. I feel like I'm going to die two weeks out. And then I realize now how pathetic I sounded. The the Sorry. one thing that, that it's all good. It's all good. One thing that I always remind people, and I think a lot of people interpret this as a threat or something, but it's not. I always tell people if they if they start getting into a space like that, I'm just remember, this is a hundred percent voluntary. Nobody yeah. is making you do this with a gun to your head. So if it's really that hard, quit. But then ask yourself, are you going to be happy with that decision? Or are you going to think that's a mistake in two weeks? And the answer is usually like, you keep pushing through. You suck it up. Mm-hmm. You, it's like what my wife tells me. If I'm in a funk or something or I'm in a mood, she will tell me like, you can do that for another 30 minutes and then you need to snap the fuck out of it. <laughs> Like, I love that. That's fair. That's fair. See, okay. She, she, that, 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 that's, that's what I'm talking about. I like her. Yeah. Um, you know, it's true. It's like, it's like, you can't just keep dragging out this negative attitude because it's not going to get you anywhere in this world. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, you can use that. You can take a minute and process how you're feeling, but you can't stay there. And I, I think that's, that's what she's talking about when she says that to me, which is probably more often than she should have to. But uh and it's never anything about like, you know, prep or anything. Cause I always tell people like, don't be a prep martyr. Like if your diet sucks or you're, you're tired of doing cardio or you don't want to train, like internalize that shit. Cause nobody wants to hear it. Um, I know. Like, as a coach, I kind of want to know about it. I'm not saying I care a whole lot, but there are times when that might mean like, Hey, you know what? You might actually need a couple days off or that's exactly might, what I'm we might actually need a refeed. So tell me that stuff. Don't whine, like inform, right. but just don't use it as an as a conduit for complaining about stuff. That's exactly how I feel. And that's exactly how I tell people things, you know what I mean? Um, but that's, that's true. You know, you just can't keep being a martyr because it's like, this is something that you want to do. So you're asking to get on stage to get judged. So you have to be prepared to be judged by how you look. And if you, if you don't like that, then maybe you should just look the part and not step on stage, you know, because you can, that's totally valid too. You can do that. Yeah, you can do that. But if you were trying to get over fear and you want to get out there, you can't walk in heels and you want to throw yourself on stage and walk in some heels. And you know what? You better practice because once again, you're being judged. It's not about, if it's an accomplishment you want to make or it's on your bucket list, it's fine. But don't expect to win. You know, just you're just going out there to go out there. Don't get mad if you don't place. If you didn't put the time in, effort, you don't really want this. If you hate if you hate posing, if you hate to smile, if you hate being in front of people. <laughs> I, I hate to smile. Does that mean I'm screwed? <laughs> no, you don't. You're not. <laughs> but I hate Darren, to smile you, when you, I'm posing. Everybody, do you know that Darren does theater? Oh yeah. So I, I don't talk about it a lot just because I haven't done it in a while, but, um, it, it is something that, yes, yes, yes. I have done, in fact, get this musical theater. So see, so, so here I I have sung a solo part on stage before. That's pretty impressive. So let me just say one thing about Darren. Uh Oh, Darren is an excellent client. He knows a lot about what he's doing. He knows he's an expert. Um, he's drinking what he always drinks when we pose, um, whatever that is. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> exactly. So, no, 
but his knowledge is amazing. He's so OCD. He sends amazing check-ins. If you guys are his client, please do do him a favor because he is like so right. His feelings and like not like that, but what he's going through, <laughs> all, the, all the health issues. You know, he he tracks his weight. He sends it on an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, it's impressive. But what's more impressive is that I've gotten a chance to pose some of his clients and they all adore him because he is precise and he follows through and he does, you know, check-ins with them and keeps them consistent. So um, it's been like amazing to watch this, the whole thing unfold and um, Darren get back into this himself. Uh, but I really think that it's impressive to see what you you know, you do you how you how much balance you still have in your life. You still go on vacations. See, he can still go on vacations, and he doesn't care. He hasn't in fifteen right months. <laughs> yeah, but he kind of did. Kind of sort of took a week off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I take weeks off. Yeah, but that wasn't a vacation. I had yeah. a staycation in but December. That's what I'm saying. A staycation. So he. The thing is, is that that's the, that's the good part, and the success comes from the balance in your life. I think you just need to have that balance so that, you know, you have an outlet. Humans don't cope well with stress. So mm -hmm. you don't have an outlet, you know, stress is going to kill you. There's a lot of things happen when you stress out. And when um, it doesn't kill you, it's going to do bad things to your body before it kills you. Exactly. Yeah. None exactly. of it's conducive to what we're trying to do here. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, no. you're too kind. I appreciate that. And I, I've told you before, I'm like, the reason why the clients of mine that you pose have good things to say is because I'm very selective about who I send to you. So <laughs> I, I don't, <laughs> I don't send you any of the people that are going to talk shit about me. <laughs> Cause I don't think many probably do. I gotta, I gotta maintain because, that reputation. <laughs> right. And the thing is, is that if you're, if you're accountable and you want this and your coach is there for you and they're very like, and they're like, Hey, where's my check-ins? You know, they shouldn't have to chase you down either. Coach should never have to chase you down for a check-in picture or for your, for what, when, you know, you sign up for this. So like, it's also something too, you want to make sure that you give your coach everything they ask because if you don't, you know, it's like. You're only hurting yourself. Yeah. You're not going to get where you want. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll wrap this up here quickly. Um, we've been going for like an hour. So I appreciate that. It's an hour. Yeah. Um, so this is your, your chance to be brutally honest. And so I don't need you to blow smoke or anything like that. So give me an honest assessment here. So I'm like 31 weeks out, which means we're probably like, right. what, 15 or so weeks before jumping into prep, something like that? Correct. What do yeah. I have to work on between now and then? Well, always work out. because so, so you have a great chest. You have a great back. You have great you know, overall symmetry. Of course, the legs, we got to bring them up. Yeah, notice she didn't say legs. Bring up the legs. But no, your legs are great. It's just that stage, you know, you want to bring them up. So you got to yeah. bring up the legs. Um, your lats are great. Your lower lats are great. Okay. But I mean, depth, density, you know, mm -hmm. 31 weeks is a long time. It's a long time. So, and th this is the time. question that I've got a, a lot of clients that are eager to hear this. And that is once prep starts, what do I have in store for me? What, what can I expect? Big picture, big picture. Learning pro? What? 
Now, what do you mean? What do you mean? That's no pressure. No pressure, Darren. Well, yeah, I'm not feeling it at all. So once rap starts, is you going to be cranky? Is that what you're saying? It, well, they, they can't. They can't wait for me to, you know, be on party macros and doing a shit ton of cardio and being miserable and being, you know, well, e- everything that they are typically. First I'm exaggerating all, first a little bit. All, first of all, Darren gets 500 carbs plus a day. <laughs> It's it's been closer to six hundred this week, and I've still been starving. And he starves. So Darren has a high, pretty high metabolism, so he doesn't really need to cut super low calories or anything until I mean. And then Darren barely does cardio. He barely does cardio. So those things are what really is going to happen. So I don't ever think we're going to like really change the food aspect much. Um, not until like towards the very, very end, but I think that the cardio might, might be something, well, unless you want to switch your food and eat less and not do cardio. But I think mm-hmm. just even a little bit of cardio adding that's going to be what's going to change. Yeah. I don't think Darren's going to suffer too much Oh, for a long oh. period of time. Uh, for, for a long period. There'll be short periods of intense suffering. No, it'll be short periods. You I mean, think honestly, uh, slow, like, slow I, and steady is the right approach? Slow and steady. And I didn't suffer very much last year either. Um, I mean, I was drinking monster energies too, up to the (laughs) (laughs) How much cardio were you doing towards the, uh, the tail end of your preps? 40 minutes. 40, not, not doubles or anything like that. Just 40 minutes. No, and I was doing a lot of hit. So, uh, that's some too, like, I think old school people think that, you know, doing tons like an hour plus cardio is going to help. Sometimes it's so detrimental to your system and it really ruins the cortisol throws you off your whole body goes into like you know the spiral you're burning muscle so um i always favor shorter harder sessions shorter harder sessions are great and i think like whether it's plyometrics or you know short sprints i don't really run on the treadmill because i don't my knees hurt but um sprints fine that kind of stuff's good but i think like more like i love the spin bike like that's my thing too. Like I think the spin bikes go when you stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, and just throw yourself into intervals. You can really kick your butt like doing that. Same thing with like, you know, even elliptical, but you gotta set it high and you gotta sit yeah. into it. Like you have to use your glutes, you have to incorporate like more lower body movement. Um, same thing with a step mill. It can't you know. be all push and pull with the arms. Right. Same thing yeah. with the step mill, though. You know, you can't be leaning over a little time, you know, slow, get your, slow. Get your ass upright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, like, or you could put you could put some bands on those quads and do the step mill with bands. Trust me, that sucks. I had a, uh, a colleague of mine when I trained and he would always, um, he had clients that he would send on the treadmill at an incline and they'd be holding on. Uh, to the treadmill and he would from across the gym yell out no buggy pushing <laughs> which I'm like yeah yeah because at that point if you're holding on you've just reoriented so you are facing up towards the ceiling but you're still flat you're not at an yeah see and normally like that would see treadmill walking and stuff is great like the last month probably is good because you're not going to burn muscle uh incline walking is great it can also flare up you know you're, you can get shin splints from it, but foot problems. Um, foot problems, all that. But walking is a good way towards the very end so that you don't have like this crazy cardio you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it just depends. Everybody's so individual though. Like, you know, I can't just say, oh, you're going to do this. 
you're gonna all gonna do the same thing. It just depends on how someone responds. I have a typical direction for cardio, especially that I like to push people in. Um, but sometimes you just gotta listen, and sometimes it doesn't work for everybody. So like I've got yeah. a, a default approach. I'm like, we're gonna try this and see how it works, and usually it works, and sometimes it's less than ideal. So you got to shake it up a little bit. Right, right. Yeah. That's how I feel too. Last question I have for you, and this is related to cardio. I did I did threaten that there would be a geography test too, didn't I? Yeah. But I yeah. I said I'd rather spell an encyclopedia. Okay. All right. <laughs> Last cardio question. When you're doing cardio, you're doing forty minutes or whatever. What are you doing? Are you listening to no. music? You watching something? You staring at a wall? What are you doing? Listen to music. Cool. What what you know in particular? What? Any playlist? I listen listen to this. I listen to music that is from movie, like a movie uh, soundtrack like a score. Just a score, just music. Like I'll actually Google. Like I will listen to classical stuff or whatever. It's so weird, but like I don't. I get into this like it's like this whole like because <laughs> part of the transformation it makes it like it's like this music this movie that I'm like. About to prepare for a fight scene or something. Interesting. And I feel like it's yeah. I don't always do because I have a very very like eclectic taste. Like I like listen to everything, so I can. But I'll start towards the show, just going for like more like just musical. Like I don't want to hear words because words are just going to throw me off. Sometimes like c- cinematic stuff. Cinematic stuff. Interesting. And I was just. Yeah, it's weird, but it works for me because it gets me through. And I remember I got through one of my last sessions and I was crying. <laughs> last year, I was crying because I'm like, this is my last show of three in a row. And it's a Chicago Pro. And I was so over this. I was crying on the bike because I was in so much pain. Like, I just felt tired. And I'm like, I'm sick of this. Is that when you say to yourself, maybe two shows would have been enough? <laughs> Yeah, but see, because because Wings of Strength had to bring these shows. They brought to like, you know... The Chicago Savannah, Pro was in Atlanta, Atlanta, so you could drive to it. Freaking New York Pro was right here in Tampa. I'm like, oh, they're bringing it like literally the day after Savannah. They were like, oh, we're bringing New York to, to Tampa. I'm like... They're oh, daring man, you to do it. There's a sign. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you didn't do the Tampa Pro. You did Savannah, Atlanta, and New York? Yeah. Okay. I forgot about this year, Tampa Pro. This, this year, Tampa Pro is one of my sites. Okay, so yeah, let, let's talk about your plans really quick. What are you doing this year? Tampa Pro, when is that? August. August, okay. Six. Okay, so you, you're, you'll be jumping into prep for that before too long. Yeah, hmm. kind of like, kind of am now, like-ish. Oh. Okay, is that it? Just one, one this year? I don't know. Like, I don't, so I don't know. I don't know. Cause there's a lot of stuff going on and I'm just like thinking about all the other stuff that I have to do within the industry. And I'm like, <clears throat> trying to figure out what, well, if this one goes one way, you can just jump into a show, you know, like you feel like doing it. You just sign a contract. Well, once you do one, you know, you do that, it's, it's early August, then you're in show condition. And if there's another one, like three weeks down the road, you can kind of assess how you feel and be like, eh, okay. Or nah. I'll never do back to back shows with a double peak week ever again. Like on consecutive weeks. Oh my God. That's what I did last year. Like I'm considering doing in November this year. See, 
See, this is like, but you kind of have to do it. <laughs> it's it's really the only option I have. One, Karen. Just, we have to experience it once, Darren. Yeah. I was really looking for a way around it, but there weren't uh, show options um, yeah. on the right dates. So that's kind of what happened, you know? And I just did it. And I literally thought that, like, midweek, I, I, I actually dug into peanut butter midweek because I needed a fat. And I did that. And I ate half a jar and I thought I was, I was mad at myself because I'm like, this is the, this is the week of the New York Pro. But I looked my best at that show. So I just pulled back on what I was going to do for my, you know, kind of like carb up thing. And I, <laughs> I figured I'm like, well, maybe I should just reverse the week instead of just like I start in the early week, you know, with my carbs and then ride into the show and just drop it then yeah. and see if I can pull water or whatever. But I didn't have any issue because I was already lean enough. I was burning through everything. So You're like mental um, note, next show, Wednesday, peak week, half a jar of peanut butter. Yeah, <laughs> or some crazy off the wall thing that you you'd be shocked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't do a pizza. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Save save that for the morning of. Right. I've had, I've had clients do that. Yeah, I've had clients do that and screw their whole body up. I'm like, why did you do a whole pizza? Why? Why did you yeah. do a pizza? <laughs> Well, that was very cool. We ran long. This is going to be one of the longest episodes in the history of this podcast. You can always cut it. You're a record. You think I'm going to edit this? Give me a break. I have no, better things. And look, 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 Derby's in the back. Like, oh, look. Yeah, nothing. this this little angel sitting right back I'm here. Perfect. Here we go. She has sat here motionless for the entire podcast. Derby, are you okay? Derby. Oh, yeah, she's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, normally, normally when Darren's posing, she's like in the. She's basically posing too. She thinks she's uh, on stage with him. Yeah. And yeah. Oftentimes she'll be in the next room and then there'll be a truck that walks past and then she'll run out and be like, what was that? What was that? And then she's in the frame and she just sits there. It's like, she knows she's on yeah. camera. Yeah. Yeah. She's a crazy yeah. little thing. Oh, see, she heard it. She knew. <laughs> and you, you talking probably, about me? Are can you probably hear about Taz me? upstairs. Oh yeah. That was funny though. <laughs> she's like staring at you. Well, this will be a great time to end this as the dog chaos starts here. So, um, thank you. We'll have to do this again sometime. Yes, it was awesome, Darren. All thank right, you so much. And tomorrow, tomorrow's check-in. So, I got to get my photos ready and all that stuff. So, it's Friday. It is Friday. All right, it's Friday. Awesome. So, yeah. Cool. Well, appreciate it. And uh, oh, 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 okay. hey, and check, check, check. Darren's website is updated. It. Oh, I did. Yeah. So I, I actually um, upgraded my hosting package through my Wonderful. hosting company. So it, I, I'm in the big time now. I'm, I'm not on a shared hosting plan where you've got a whole bunch of websites that are on the same server. I have my own so server now. So it's faster. It's faster. Um, I upgraded the software on it. <laughs> I don't know if the microphone is picking her up. It's not but she, picking up that bad. It's not okay. that bad. Um, and uh, I made some updates. I changed some stuff and uh, I have it set here on my calendar for tomorrow. Um, I've got a little bit more maintenance to do on some behind the scenes stuff too. So further changes are coming. Yes. But I got off my ass and did some much needed maintenance on it. Yesterday. Go buy, go buy Darren's workout plans. Cause they're good. Yeah. Five star physique.com and your website. Kellylinfit.com. And it was down the other day. I'm uh -oh. upset, so I got to back up in a day. All right. Yeah. 
And if people want to find you on social, how can they how can they find you? Kelly Lynn Fit is my universal name. Okay. If they search for that, they will find you. They will find just like five star physique. Yeah, that's right. You know, I almost ended this podcast without giving you a chance to actually like promote yourself. So fail on my part, but we you got don't there. need to do that. You don't need to do that. You're on for a reason. Come on. You talked me up and you you filled listeners' heads hey, with all these hey, lies hey, about listen. me. I did you did a whole podcast about my stupid stuff that I'd tell you, and nobody really cares anyway. <laughs> People care. People care. You have to care yourself and then people will care. That's the only prerequisite. That's right. That's yeah. so true. <laughs> yep. Don't All give right. up. All right, boss. Thanks Thank for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.